I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. Today, we're going to hear a profile of Brian Eno, one of 30 icons of Echoes, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about our 30 icons. Before we get to that, we're in the midst of a dire fundraiser. 2020 has kicked us in the butt as much as any business. We are a nonprofit, but 2020 has been a year of negative profit due to the pandemic. We've moved our offices to work completely remotely, and my sound booth is now a closet. That hasn't stopped us from bringing you five days of music and interviews every week, and look what we've brought. The 30 Icons of Echoes, the Croftwork documentary, the Tangerine Dream documentary, interviews with rival consuls and Anna Brune, and next week, Thievery Corporation and Hans Joachim Rodelius. Who else is doing that? But we can't do it on nothing, and right now we're facing a $20,000 shortfall. So go to echoes.org and make a donation today. At this writing, we're about halfway through, and this is the hardest part, where big donations really make a difference. So if you have it, please give it. Go to echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S, dot org, O-R-G, and just click on the support tab. And now, the 30 icons of Echoes. We do these on every five-year anniversary on the show, beginning with our 10th year when we had 10 icons of Echoes. This year, we had listeners vote for new additions to our 25 icons list to bring it to 30. It turns out to be a list that mostly reflects the DNA of Echoes. Of the 30 artists, 25 began recording before 1989, most of them well before. There are only five artists from the last 30 years, Anna Sobel, Olafur Arnolds, Hamek, Ulrich Schnauss, and I'm including Ludovico Ainaudi, who first recorded in 1988, but no one heard of him until the 90s. There's lots of early electronic musicians on this list. Tangerine Dream, Klaus Schulze, Kraftwerk, and Vangelis were already there. Actually, Kraftwerk wasn't, they think of it. That was one of the uh, omissions from earlier lists that kind of shocked me. Also shocked me that Jean-Michel Jarre actually hadn't been on our 25 icons list, but he made this one. All these musicians represent the sequencer-driven electronic side of the show, and that sound still resonates through Echoes, not only with their music, but by their many disciples. For Echoes listeners, the sound has been in their DNA for over 45 years. That sound was an initial influence on the next generation of electronic artists. Steve Roach was number two on our list, right behind Brian Eno. I praise indeed from Echoes listeners. Robert Rich at number nine also came out of that tradition. All have evolved away from that sound except 
for Steve Roach, who has evolved back into it with modular synthesizer sequencer-driven music that he's released over much of this decade. Sequence of sound of Tangerine Dream and Company also influenced Ulrich Schnauss in at number 20. Although his music in the first decade of the 21st century used contemporary electronic rhythms and shoegaze textures, he returned to the Berlin sound when he actually joined Tangerine Dream. But he's on this list for those early albums, I suspect. Albums like A Strangely Isolated Place. Shocking omission from the 25 icons list was any minimalist. Yet, in the voting for the 30 icons list, they were near the top. Steve Reich at number 8 and Phil Glass at number 5 are two DNA artists influencing the electronic musicians as well as the ambient chamber musicians who made the list like Ludovico Ainaudi and Olafur Arnolds. Bill of Glass actually fought it out with Mike Oldfield for votes in our latest poll. Oldfield was another surprising omission from the earlier list. He represents the progressive rock side of the show, as does Robert Fripp. He's the guitarist with King Crimson, but I suspect he makes this list based on his Frippertronic solo albums like No Pussy Footing and Evening Star with Brian Eno. Bye. 
There were several musicians from the 1980s New Age movement and its fringes. Chief among them is pianist George Winston, even if he did just make it in at number 30. Just above him is Kitaro and Will Ackerman, who represent kind of opposite sides of the New Age spectrum, acoustic music to exotic space and world fusion music. Also, there's Patrick O'Hearn, who released his first solo album in 1985 on the private music label. Although he's only just now released his first new music in nine years, he is deeply loved by Echo's listeners for his expansive atmospheres and unerring sense of melodic melancholy. I still remember him telling me that he wrote his debut, Ancient Dreams, while touring as the bassist with the new wave group Missing Persons. He'd sit alone in his hotel room, a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc and a keyboard, creating these beautifully sculpted interior worlds. good to get some singers on this list. Echoes has moved much more in that direction over the last decade, and I think it's given the show a different kind of depth and meaning. Lorena McKennett, Peter Gabriel, Enya, and Dead Can Dance with Lisa Gerard had all been on the previous lists and remain high up there with Dead Can Dance at number 3, Enya at 10, and Lorena McKennett at 14. The one new vocalist edition is Honest Obel. Her albums are incredibly inventive and almost all honest, multi-tracking and treating her vocals, layering keyboards, and creating this darkly fluid world of sound. I could go on because, you know, there are 30 artists on this list. You can see the complete list at echoes.org, and if you're an online subscriber, you can dial up an extended edition of our 30 Icons of Echoes show that we aired. Over the next few months, we'll be doing feature shows on all 30 icons. Go through that list, and I think you'll find... 30 reasons why you should be supporting Echoes and the Echoes podcast right now. Like a lot of you, we're struggling at this time of COVID, but we're doing our best to be there for you. Help us out by donating to Echoes. You can do it at echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. A lot of people forget one of those E's. 
This week we did a two-hour show on the number one icon of Echoes, Brian Eno. I don't think there was a single musician on this list who would not cite him as an influence or inspiration. Several have worked with him. But we did a two-hour Eno show, and that included a profile of Brian that we originally produced 20 years ago. Here it is, as Kimberly Haas brings us an architect of ambience, Brian Eno. In 1986, sitting drinking tea in the London apartment he occupied at the time, Brian Eno reflected back onto his motivations for ambient music. Composers were still making music as though people were buying the record, rushing home, putting it on and sitting in front of their stereo with their ears glued in the way that one watches a film or something like that. Now, I'm sure you'd agree that that isn't the common experience of people listening to music anymore. Uh, music has become part of the tapestry of your life, like lighting is, or like um, the environmental sound that you hear anyway is. Anyway, I was excited by, by the idea of making music that acknowledged that and said, here, here's a music specially for that. Here's a music that is intended to merge into the environment. Eno first came to ambient music in the early 1970s when he was injured. A record of 18th century music was on a stereo. With the volume just at the edge of hearing and the turntable locked in automatic replay mode, the bedridden musician kept listening to it over and over again. This formed the seed of ambient music. Brian Eno became entranced by tape loop systems pioneered by Terry Riley, which would repeat a phrase and keep recording itself ad infinitum as more layers were added on. King Crimson guitarist Robert Fripp used the technique with Eno on several albums. He was present for the recording of Eno's discrete music. When Eno recorded discrete music, he and I were having tea in the kitchen while that was being recorded. I pop rained one morning, we were discussing going to Spain and he just set this up and while it was his album was being made, he, he went in the kitchen and had some tea. Discrete music led to Eno's magnum opus of minimalist proportions, music for airports. I wanted the notion of something that was steady state in the sense that uh, it was always pretty much reliably similar, but it was never exactly the same. A little bit like any natural process, you know, like uh, watching a river or something like that, where it doesn't pull many really big surprises on you, but at the same time it never repeats itself perfectly. So I wanted to make some music that had that rather homogenous but ever-changing character to it. Mm -hmm. 
Although Brian Eno is often quoted as saying ambient music was something that could be listened to in the foreground or the background, in fact, he was composing for deep listening, in which the mind is seriously at work. It's something he realized when he heard Steve Reich's mid-60s tape loop composition, It's Gonna Rain. When you're listening to It's Gonna Rain, if you're enjoying it, what you're enjoying is your own perceptual processes doing something. They're reconfiguring that material. They're making constructions of it. They're comparing this moment with that moment. They're filtering things. They're amplifying other things. So really, a lot of what's happening with minimal music is not so much to do with you looking at a work operating outside of yourself. It's to do with you looking at your brain operating on something. You're watching not only a work, but your own perceptual processes in response to that. Now, to a composer like myself, of limited technical resources, this is good news, because what I put on this record isn't the end of the thing. What I put on this record then goes out to a brain somewhere, and that brain is going to start doing things. What kind of thing will it do? So I'm, I'm writing that into the work as well. As he moves into the seventh decade of his life, Brian Eno is still playing with your brain, creating music that challenges perceptions and opens new pathways into sound and art. For Echoes, I'm Kimberly Haas. Brian Eno, number one of 30 icons of Echoes. On the Echoes website, I've got my list of 10 essential Eno albums. You can find it at echoes.org. Next week in the Echoes podcast, I've got Anna Brune, the Norwegian siren of dream pop, talking about her two new albums, After the Great Storm and How Beauty Holds the Hand of Sorrow. And a little bit of a heads up, those albums are going to be our Echoes CD of the Month for December. So if you're a member of the Echoes CD of the Month Club, you've got not one, but two great albums coming your way. I'm John DiLibretto. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now, or whenever you want.